Stephen Pritchard, Thursday Finance, and uh, 10 guitars. What do they rate in the currencies and commodities? Depends how expensive they are, I suppose. Whether they're made of gold or not. I've never. Ah, oh, I didn't know it was Presley have a gold guitar. I think he might have. Yes. <laughs> Pretty heavy to lift. You'd think. Pretty heavy to lift. So, what's gold doing at the moment? Uh, so, gold's up 1% on the week to 1704 dollars an ounce. Um, copper was down $46 a tonne to $8,939. And the crude oil price was up $2.40 a barrel to $83.45. Hmm. So, you know, mixed bag in the commodities. Um, the Australian dollar, you know, fell, fell this week. Um, so we're down uh, 1.7% against the US dollar to 78.04 cents. This seems to be a bit of a roller coaster ride, yeah, it doesn't it? Yeah, it always is, you know, yeah. competing forces. Yeah. Competing forces. Exporters exporters like the, like the dollar to, to, to be... Down, yeah. To be down and people travelling overseas and importers like it to be up and consumers probably like it up, seeing so much we consumers now imported. But anyhow, how long ago is it since we had parity with the US dollar? It's not all that long ago. No, we were above the US dollar during the GFC. I think we got up to the US dollar. Yeah. Yes, indeed. So where are those days? We ask. Oh well. Yeah. Uh, as a speaking as a traveller, <laughs> not as an exporter. <laughs> um. Well, we should have all bought a bit more US currency back then and kept it in our drawer. Exactly, we should have. Yes, yeah. still. Although some banks will have, some banks do allow you to have US dollar accounts. Yeah. So um, against the Great British Pound, we're down to fifty fifty six point one uh, pence. Against the New Zealand dollar, we're down to one dollar and six uh, New Zealand dollars. And against the euro, we're sixty three point five four euro cents, which is the only currency we're up against. In the in the whole week, um, the all ordinary the all ordinary market was the Australian equities market was um, six thousand and forty seven. So we're, we're just above six thousand again, which is um, up six point four percent on point six point four percent on the week. So really no movement. Um, the S and P was down one percent to two thousand seven hundred one, and the U K index was um, steady at seven thousand two hundred eighty one. Um, some stocks that kind of people like to look at locally or invest in locally or whatever. Um, so BHP was down five percent on the week to seventy nine uh, to twenty nine dollars eighty one. So it's 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 below the um, below the thirty dollars again, and, and that's mainly to the um, profit result wasn't as good as people were expecting. Um, uh, CBA was $74.33, which was down 0.6 or 47%. Um, that, that, you know, CBA, I think, is going to be volatile because of the stuff that will, no doubt, good things won't come out of the Royal Commission to be said about the banks, I'm sure. Um, and uh, NIB was uh, $6.95, which was up almost 10% on the week, following a good result. And Telstra was uh, down um, half a percent to $3.43. Uh, the fuel price in Newcastle, $1.37.9, which is up 1.5% again on the week. So it's up, up, mm. up, up. And Sydney was up 8% to $1.36. But we're still above them? Yeah, one cent now. Okay, but, but so we're, getting a bit. But we were eleven percent, eleven cents above them last week. Mm, so okay. um, they're up, uh, and the diesel fuel price is pretty much the same: dollar thirty-seven in Newcastle, dollar thirty-five in Sydney as it was last week. Mm.
Uh, look so, at currencies and commodities. Not much excitement, really. Henry Jennings, senior commentator with the Marcus Today Financial Newsletter. Over to you, Stephen Pritchard. Henry. Stephen. It's been a very busy week with all these reports coming out that you've I had know. to you've had to write up in your newsletter. I know. Are you surviving as well? It's yeah, 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 yeah. There's a few interesting ones, though. There's a few interesting That's ones. Some seriously interesting ones at the moment, and. Yeah. You know, there's a massive amount of volatility in some of these stocks, even, you know, household names. I mean, Channel 9, which, you know, is a, is a boring television station, they're up 20% today. Right. So, yeah, it's, it's extraordinary. So, yeah, we've seen some very, very big moves in the underlying stock, um, whereas the index is down 1.5 points today. Mm. But everything else is going up and down, and it's just, it's crazy. They're certainly not numbers on doors. Right. So what happened with BHP? It kind of went uh, down when the dividend went up. Well, the dividend went up, but um, the problem with BHP is they weren't that generous with um, with shareholders compared to Rio. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I think the Rio just played better on a PR front. We had lots of mentions of record this and record that, and then there was the billion-dollar share buyback, whereas BHP didn't do a buyback. They were a bit less generous in terms of um, shareholder rewards. And also, um, there's a lot of activism going on in BHP with this U.S. hedge fund called Elliott Advisors. They're trying to get them to do certain things, uh, and they're looking at selling off their shale assets in the U.S., which they paid way too much for. Um, and this is what Elliott wants them to do. So, that, But there was no real update on that, apart from the you know, progress, and it's happening, and maybe by Christmas. But then they didn't actually say, well, if we sell it, we'll give you the money back as to shareholders. And there's also some concerns about dual listing and yeah it was just a bit of a miss so it was a bit disappointing that's all Mm. nothing 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 dramatic but you know it was just one of those results where we went yeah you know what probably could have done a bit better yeah and then northern star its profits fell a bit but but it raised its dividend and i think the chairman said it's a growth stock um, yeah, it's been a good performance uh, today. You know, it's been a yeah, good they've had good, you know, good revenue. It was up around fourteen percent to four hundred and thirty-five million bucks, and you know the guidance of um, you know costs of producing the wonderful gold was about a thousand bucks Aussies. So there's a pretty big margin on that. It's a nice bit fat thing. They got plenty of cash, and they up the dividend. Um, the, the reason that the profit fell was the uh, the wind down of the Paulson's Millennium Mine. So um, so there were, the market was expecting that. So it was a pretty good result, really, I think. And, and you know, at the moment, the gold miners in Aussie dollar terms are doing pretty well. Mm-hmm. And um, over to the retail area, Super Retail Group's proposing uh, to acquire Mac. Also Super Retail, yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, private equity seems to have only bought, there's a latest story I found, that private equity seems to have only paid about half what yep. Super Retail's paying a very short time ago. Yep. So how could this company have increased in value in the current market so quickly? Um, I don't know. Um, I think, I mean, MacPack is a, is a, is a quality um, product. Um, it's not really a mainstream kind of product, but um, what worried me was that the private equity guys owned MacPack with Jan Cameron, who started Kathmandu, um, and she's selling it to, uh, to Super Retail. And then Super Retail talked about how they were going to um, combine the branding under Raise Outdoors. And Raise Outdoors is a bit of a daggy brand that's been really struggling. Um, and MacPack is a premium brand. I mean, if you want good gear, um, you go to MacPack, you don't go to Kathmandu. Kathmandu is kind of retail high street stuff, yep. although it's improved. But MacPack is your proper, you know, I want to climb a mountain 
in uh, in, in somewhere like the Himalaya, and and you go to Macpac. So um, yeah, I was a bit sceptical. It seemed a big price to pay for a niche uh, product and niche retail offering, and then combining it with Ray's Outdoors didn't seem that smart, and the market hated it. So yeah. down they went. Down super they went. retail, not so super anymore. No, and uh, super telco stock, Vocus, does another profit downgrade, cuts it we, zero to zero. Uh, no, we've, we've talked about this dog for such a long time, Stephen, haven't we? It's just, yeah. it, it's a train wreck. I mean, the, the, they, they did lots and lots and lots of acquisitions over a number of years, and they bolted bits together, and everyone was going, oh, it's fantastic, it's growth. A bit like, um, a bit like Wise Tech, which has been doing lots of acquisitions and came a bit unstuck yesterday. Yeah. And, and, and Vocus really haven't been able to integrate uh, the businesses sufficiently well, and they've also had problems with uh, with margins and all this other stuff. They've got management issues. It's just one to take out to the kennel and leave there for the time being. Because I mean, we're in year of the dog now, and this one satisfies that criteria. It's a, it's a tough sector. It's getting tougher. Everyone's hoping that 5G is going to be the big saviour of the whole sector, Telstra included. But that's still a year or two away. So, um, yeah, I, I think Focus has still got some problems and I wouldn't be touching it for the time being. And um, Oil Search has agreed to a, a new LNG plant. So this is this is two big investments going into uh, Woodside and Oil Search, both looking at expanding their LNG. Yeah, well, obviously LNG is, uh, well, I guess you would expect that um, given that the oil price has perked up in the last few years. So, um, yeah, Oil Search, good good results, quality company. Uh, Woodside, um, of course, they launched a $2 billion, uh, $2.5 billion rights issue at 27 bucks. So that was um, that's kind of held them back a little bit. But, yeah, no, it was a good result from Oil Search, and they're, um, they're going to double their gas exports from P&G. Um, and, um, you know, it's, it's all going quite well for them. So um, it is a quality company, and it's, um, you know, it's run by um, uh, Peter Bowden, who's been around a long time and has done a, a, a pretty good pretty good job with um, with oil search. So if you like your energy companies, that's probably one to have. Or, or Woodside, we were in the newsletter the other day suggesting people pick up Woodside after they initially had the uh, sort of 5 or 6% fall after the, um, after the announcement of the, um, the, the capital raising at 27 bucks, and they've, they've uh, since perked up. But, um, yeah, no, it's a good sector to be in if you like the oil price. And we might talk, talk, come back in a minute and talk about how Get Swift wasn't swift enough. There's, there's now a class action starting against Swift, Get Swift, which was, which was really no surprise. But uh, no. are they are they retrading yet, or are they still suspended? Yeah, they are. And you know what? They're um, they're having a cracking day today. They're up thirty one percent, but they were fifty cents yesterday. Now bear in mind that Get Swift um, or Get Smart or Get Dumb. Um, raised money at around four dollars and they tapped fidelity which is a very large u.s fund manager on the shoulder yep. and fidelity loved this stock at four bucks tipped in 40 million bucks get swift um raised 75 million and then crowed to the market how they had 100 million dollars cash in the bank thanks to this um and um then the, the share price has absolutely been decimated by revelations uh, mainly being driven by the afr about uh, about their compliance, their ASX uh, compliance, the fact that they had failed to disclose directors' holdings, directors' sales, and that they'd also um, not fudged the, the numbers, but they made big, impressive announcements about revenue and sales, um, and then they really hadn't had any of those revenue or sales, and those trial 
uh, deals with his logistics companies fell through. So the stock has been killed. And now, and to top it all off, um, there's a $300 million class action overhanging the company as well uh, as shareholders bought under false pretenses. So this is, um, this is going to be a very volatile stock for a long time. Um, um. And, you know, if they really have got $100 million bucks in the company and they can keep hold of it, then there's a really juicy prize that the um, the the, um, the lawyers can go for, mm-hmm. um, and you know that's that's singing out there. So they might not get three hundred million, but they'll get you know, they'll get the cash. At the moment, the market cap's only around um, you know a hundred you know ninety or a hundred million. So it's backed by cash if they can keep it. So it's going to be lawyers at ten paces and fidelity. Well, oh, it's 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 just horrible. Yes, well, the big fund managers don't always get it right. No, no, fund managers are, um, you know, they, they, they have all the best intentions, they have all the best research and the, and the best briefings from the company, but if the company doesn't tell you the whole truth, then you are up the creek without a, um, the proverbial. And uh, over at 7 West Media, 7 West Media, it suspended its dividends to pay down its debt. Yeah, the, the market actually liked the 7 West Media results. I mean, they've, they've kind of lost their crown to, uh, to Channel 9. Channel 9 had some results out this morning, they're up 18%, but 7 West Media um, were languishing at all-time lows and at around sort of 48, 49, I think they got down to, and I had them in the small cap stock portfolio that I run, and it was looking a bit horrid, and I thought, oh, I might have got this wrong. And then they came up with their numbers, suspended the dividend, paying down debt, they want to remain flexible, they're cost-cutting, Tim Warner's no longer on the front page, Barnaby has managed to usurp him as the uh, as the cad of the, of the week. Um, so um, it's all looking pretty good for uh, for Channel Seven, although you know they are coming a little bit behind nine. Um, but of course, at the moment we've got the um, the Winter Olympics on, which helps Channel Seven, and we've also got the um, Commonwealth Games coming up, which hopefully Australia will do better in than the Winter Olympics. Mm. And APA, <laughs> an APA has announced a rights issue. All these energy-related companies seem to be wanting rights issues. Yeah, they've, they've, they're raising five hundred million uh, bucks to pay off um, a debt instrument they've got. So. Um, the stock's still currently suspended, but um, yeah, so that that was one that they announced. It wasn't the most exciting one, I think. I think you've got to, on your list of things to talk about A2 Milk, which has been the most exciting stock in the entire universe uh, this week, and it's um, it has just gone absolutely potty again. Uh, very good results, and uh, shot the lights out in terms of delivering those results. Uh, the stock was eight bucks, uh, and now it's twelve dollars. Um, and that's in two days. And then um, they announced a big deal with Fonterra, where they're going to be um, partnering with Fonterra to basically take A2 Milk Global uh, instead of just the deal they got with Sinele in, in New Zealand. And they're, um, they're going to take the Fonterra buys with them and go global and brand everything under the sun, A2 Milk. So market loves all that, and uh, it has just gone uh, bananas. So it's been a very good result, and uh, you know, the stock's up pretty much 50% in the last two days since the result. Be good if we had some. <laughs> it would be, well, we had a guy in the office who uh, who had some, and he's, he's, he bought them at about a dollar or something, and he's just absolutely cleaned up. And Excellent. He's sort of, yeah, no, he bought, he bought a fair few as well, so um, he, had, he had a bit of a go. So, um, yeah, no, he's, he's hung on despite the, the temptation to take profits, and, and the stock's done really, really well. We've, we've owned it on and off, but unfortunately we didn't own it on when they've gone up 50%, but oh, well. the, it's, it's a bit like lottery at the moment with results season. Some, yeah. some are good and some are bad, it's, um, 
and there's no rhyme nor reason to some of them. So one way one way you can get a quick insight on the lottery is, uh, is to, to history history <laughs> you your can, commentary you can, and all the results, isn't it? You can go to marcustoday.com.au and sign up for a free uh, two week free trial, and you can enter the lottery as well. You can get your lotto ticket, and um, we're also running some educational courses as well, which uh, might be of interest to some of your uh, your listeners in Sydney. So um, and yeah, Newcastle, Henry, and Newcastle. I know, but you know, well, we should come up to Newcastle and do education, shouldn't we? We, we should could. team up with with Pritchard Partners and do education in uh, in I'm Newcastle. Sure, we could get lots of people in to see you. It's it's a it's a trendy place, I hear these days. I've I've always liked Newcastle. The prices are skyrocketing. The real are they? Oh, too many people from Sydney coming up and buying everything. Oh, those <laughs> those pesky Sydney ciders. Oh, it's a bit like okay, <laughs> Sydney ciders. We'll talk to you next week. Cheers, Stephen. Thanks. Uh, yeah, I thought we'd talk to uh, Ian Ian this week about uh, Lost Super and 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 um, what it is and how it comes about and and, and, and yeah one you know one of the one of the ways is that that it comes about that I know of is is my son's a perfect example. He works a couple of jobs and they're all paying in a separate. Um, which we're about to sort out, but they're all, he goes to each new employer and they, they start up a new superannuation fund for him. And then if you don't keep track of all this, all of a sudden you've got, you know, three accounts. In his case, he'll have three accounts. Um, and then you can just see down the track, it all just gets forgotten about. So, Ian, what is Lost Super? It's uh, a classic example you just speak about, Stephen, and that's what happens to uh, a lot of people, unfortunately. Uh, Lost Super is the uh, name that the tax office generally gives to uh, two different things. One's called Lost Super, another one's Unclaimed Super. Uh, and Lost Super refers to a situation where a fund hasn't been able to contact the member uh, for a period of time, and that can happen through uh, mail being returned, person has changed their address, uh, the fund not having a current phone number, contact or email address for the member uh, and the fund hasn't received any contributions for the last five years. So uh, the trigger highlights there are if someone has moved house or changed jobs. So anyone in those situations may have uh, some lost super. The other group is unclaimed super and there's a few different categories there. Uh, one is in relation to people who have reached the age of 65 or older and the fund hasn't received any contributions for them for the last two years and the fund hasn't been able to contact the member for the last five years. Uh, and that's uh, where the person is entitled to receive a benefit but they haven't come forward to claim that benefit. Uh, there's also groups they're called a, a non-member spouse that might be a spouse has received some money from a family law split uh, but hasn't taken any action to uh, approach the super fund and claim that money. And so, then, so how does that how does that actually occur? Because I know how the family law makes this order to split the super. Do they send the notice straight to you or something, do they? Uh, they do, yes. Yeah, so they, the family law court sends the quarter on to you. Yes. And then the fund gets split into the... Correct, yes. The fund just splits it. Yes, so we create a new account with the spouse yep. uh, in the spouse's name. Yep. But unfortunately, sometimes that spouse doesn't actually then approach the fund to claim the benefit. Unbelievable, isn't it? It is. <laughs> After they've gone to all the trouble of getting a family, <laughs> right. family court order. Okay. Uh, 
And there's another group called uh, deceased members where uh, the member has died. Sometimes we might be informed by a relative or another entity or party that uh, the member has died, but then no one comes forward with uh, paperwork and that to claim the benefit. Um, so if there's no contributions being received for two years and if the fund is able to ensure that the person who is entitled to the benefit is going to receive the benefit, then that falls into that deceased member category as well. The total of the uh, lost super at the moment is getting up towards $18 billion. So it's a, an incredible that's, that's amount in the of money. Of Australia. Yes, it mm. is. Um, and that number seems to be growing. So it's certainly not a problem that's getting less and less. So what happens to this? So we've determined we've got this $18 billion pile of lost super. So who, who's... <laughs> Who's actually got all that money? Because it's not in my bank account. Uh, no, it's uh, it's with the uh, ATO. And uh, while the money's with the ATO, there are no fees taken out of the account, but the uh, amount in there earns the current rate of inflation. So is, if you which is, which is know what the current rate of inflation is... <laughs> One which point is, something or other. Yeah. That's the interest that's being applied to that money. So if an individual has lost super, it's in your best interest to claim that money and make sure that uh, it's going to be part of your retirement and I'm sure that you can do more with that money than what the uh, government and the ATO will. Okay, so so the fund at some stage pays, with those various time that you mentioned, yeah. pays this money across to the ATO. Correct. And then what does the ATO do with it? Anything? Uh, the ATO has systems in place where they uh, try and make it easy for people to do searches and find that, but uh, it does depend a lot on the individual taking action or pro being proactive and looking for that uh, money. Because the general principle of superannuation is that it, there's a responsibility of the member to come forward and claim uh, no one's going to be very generous and just send out checks to you. Right, so the ATA doesn't send you a letter or anything? Uh, not that I'm aware of. No, I've never seen one. No, no I've never seen one. And Stephen Pritchard, it's a really interesting search, looking or finding out about lost super and uh, finding out what's going on with so, Ian Moranti. So, so I haven't actually, since they changed it all around, done a lost super search for a long time. So how, how do you actually go about it now? How can... How can, you know, you've had three or four jobs and you think you might be owed some super. How, how do you go about determining who's got it or where it is? And yeah. uh, the tax officer set up a facility through the MyGov account. And so if you have a MyGov account, you can go into that account and use the facility in there that they have for locating superannuation that's been identified uh, with your details on it. It may be that you've... Uh, Superfund has, has all the correct details for you, but because they haven't had any contact with you for uh, a number of years, it's gone to the ATO, but it's effectively just sitting there waiting for you to take some action on it. So uh, the MyGov account is one way of doing that. So let me get this straight. You, you've given the, the money to your super, or your super fund has yep. had all this money, and you're quite happy with it. And because they don't have any contact with you, even though the super fund's got all your details... By law, they just have to hand it over to the ATO. Well, it might be that the mail's been returned for you and you've uh, moved and not told the fund. Uh, 
There's a. But I if, you've got, if you've got the TFN and it goes to the ATO, what does the ATO do then? Nothing. Uh, I'm not sure about that. It sounds like. <laughs> <laughs> that should, in fact, have a should be contact detail. Yeah, 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 yeah. Unfortunately, with they the TFN, it's not compulsory for people to provide that. So uh, some people, for whatever reason, don't provide their TFN, yeah, that, with that's it, true. which makes it a little bit more difficult. In the old days, the records were a lot less than. Exactly, they are now. yes. Yeah. Uh, going back in time, uh, the records have been fairly uh, sparse in detail. Yep. Uh, another way is to ask your super fund. So if you're a member of a super fund, if you contact your fund and ask them to help do a search for you, uh, they receive an authority from you and then that allows them to go and do appropriate searches uh, to locate superannuation on your behalf. So where would they go and search? Uh, they'd be searching through uh, the ATO uh, information okay. uh, and also at... Uh, funds that uh, previously superannuation funds were required to send the money to. Yep. Uh, oh, those old like lost... The old earth yeah. type funds, yeah, yeah. yes. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Uh, and also, if you have changed jobs and you know the uh, contact details for your previous employers, you can ask them what fund they used as the default fund. So uh, if you had a job... Ten years ago, you might be able to contact that employer and ask them what super fund they were uh, using at that time for default payments. Just to give you a bit of uh, like a starting point for um, where to look. Mm. And so we've talked about um, the there's 18 billion dollars. So how much is that in the? Is, can we get some local stats on that? Or, or yeah, we sure so can. So can we? How much is in the Newcastle? Uh, do we have Newcastle or what sort of breakdown well, do we have? It, the uh, ATO records are broken down by postcode. So if you pick a postcode, local postcode, I can tell you how. Double two eight seven. Double two. That sounds like Adamstown or somewhere. Double two eight seven is oh, uh, Walls End. And there's a total of, at, this is at the 30th of June uh, 2017, there was 3,653 separate accounts totaling just over $17 million. Hey, Walls Endites, better get on to it. Exactly. So there's $17 million sitting there from people who at some stage were living in the Walls End area, or still do, uh, and have lost contact with their super. Mm. Mm. That's a fair bit of money. So what, what about, what about uh, Hamilton 2303? 2303. 2,037 different accounts, just over $6.1 million. So Hamilton people are doing better at keeping <laughs> track of exactly. their super. Or they're poorer. Or they're poorer, yeah. Well, because there's, there's uh, how many accounts are in Wells End? Well, quite a few. 3,653. <laughs> what a fascinating document. Yeah. So that's, you know, yeah, and then Hamilton's got... Mm. Anyway, yeah. anyway, yeah, it's a really interesting. So it's quite a little, quite a lot of money in yeah. in in in, in mm. New South Wales as a total. What yeah, so New South Wales just over a million at mm. five billion dollars. Mm. So there's a lot of money here that people are laying. You know, this is a lot of free money. That if you think you know you've changed jobs, can remember working but don't know what's happened to your super. We've we've got actually a caller in, and it is uh, Richard who's called in, and uh, 
we've got time for a brief call. A very brief call. Richard, hello. Yeah, good afternoon. Um, it's not relating to super that's been paid into an account and lost because of uh, miscommunication. My question is about people who do not have their own superannuation fund who uh, um, get employment uh, with the um, uh, Commonwealth Employment Service or the CES or, you know, working on elections or things of that nature... They don't have a, um, employment, a um, super fund of their own. Uh, they have to take the default fund. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the day, the super finishes up vanishing because they have to open an account for you. Uh, then you have to go through all the ramifications of saying, no, I don't want insurance. I'm speaking of people over 65 or yeah, people yeah. who are eligible. Yeah. And uh, then if you want to close the account, there's a closing figure and you finish up the money's just gone in fees. Well, I mean, government, government employers, there's a whole different set of regulations that, that, that govern um, government employees as distinct from um, the private sector. So, um, you know, if that's what the government's mandating, that's what it is. Yes. If you work for the Electoral Commission... Which is the government. Which is the government. Then you have... Well, it doesn't matter if you work for any employer, you have to have a uh, super fund, don't you? Yeah, provided you get more than $450 in a month. Yeah, that's right. But if you work for the government and you don't have a super fund of your own, you have to fall back on the government one then you finish yep. up losing your money well, completely. Well, you know, if, if that's the case, really you need to go and set up your own. Yes. Yeah. And, and you can you, have your own uh, superannuation can fund, can't you? You can, but I'm not sure. And there's some government employees that have to go into the... Okay, yes, yeah. they would do indeed, yes. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's, that's almost, that is just about it for Thursday Finance Today. Thank you, Richard, for your call. And we'll be back next Thursday. Thanks for listening to this podcast from 2NURFM at the University of Newcastle. Topics range from gardening to health, well-being, pet care, finance, business and travel. You'll find them all at 2NURFM.com.